Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you're not brought in by the GM, you're, you're never that guy. So I think it comes down to the ownership didn't want to pay three coaches. No problem at all. But you just don't put it in public. It's tainted the brand. And your best player, uh, Pedersen, you got to resign him because he want to come back. Why would you want to come back? And that's how you treat your coach and your players. There was, there's no respect. So um, they've got a very sticky situation moving forward. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome inside. Whatever we call it. (laughs) The studio, the cage, as they say. The name of my old radio show. It's hour two of your favorite daytime sports talk. So that we can all agree on. On Game Plus Television, we're live streaming on YouTube. Maybe you've just dialed up the podcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you enjoy your podcast. I'm a Spotify guy myself when it comes to podcasts. Not that I listen to a lot. And uh, also WQEE Radio, I saved the best for last. There's Moose's ride. Can you hear it? Let's bring in Darren Moose DuPont, the co-host. And uh, here it is. <laughs> it's getting close, Moose. Uh, whoop, whoop. Uh, so, dis- yeah, disclaimer in hour two. Nothing to warn you about other than to say going to be a lot of football talk, I feel. And probably a little hockey talk. Um, that NFL mini Super Bowl idea. The biggest breaking news of the day. Bo Levi Mitchell has signed a three-year contract extension with the Calgary... Uh, sorry, with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He formerly of the Calgary Stampeders. Stampeders all-time passing leader. So here we are in late January with the CFL on... Not the front burner, but not the back burner either. It's on the middle burner of the stove. But I see people in Winnipeg have checked in. If you missed hour one, we went deep on Johnny Hockey's return to the Saddle Dome Monday night. The Flames won 4-3 in overtime, and we're moving on. Tim Hunter was with us last hour to talk about it. Everybody was great. Everything turned out nice again. Tonight, part of a 3-6-9, 11-game slate, Rick Tockett makes his Vancouver Canucks debut as the Van- his Vancouver Canucks host Chicago. That's been beaten to death. The Winnipeg Jets are at Nashville tonight. That's what everybody in Winnipeg wants to talk about. And let me just say this, Darren. Your NHL teams, the Leafs, you're kind of like the Jets in that you're just waiting for the playoffs, aren't you? Like these regular season games are kind of mundane. Flames fans at least are riddled with anxiety, and quite frankly, so are Oilers fans too, and Avalanche fans. Anybody in that 7th, 8th wildcard spot, they're in a glass case of emotion. But the Leafs and Jets, you guys are kind of pretty comfortable, right? Every game just seems kind of going through the motions almost. Yeah, you know, kind of. You know, I think as a Jets fan or a Leafs fan or, you know, a fan of one of the top teams, anybody but Boston, because everything's good in in Boston, it's about is the process there for those teams. So now how are we winning? What's happening when we go down in games? Are we able to come back? Are we playing the right way that we can overcome adversity? I think that's probably the biggest question. The Leafs don't have a slew of third-period comebacks in their resume for the season. 
that's something that's missing and would scare the heck out of you in the playoffs. But Boston's got that. So that's the little things. But you're not worried about playoffs at all. Well, I'm, uh, it's funny to say, or no, it's good to hear you say that. You're basically saying you're not speaking on behalf of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but as a Leafs fan, you're saying you're tuning up right now. You're yeah. fixing the little things as we get ready for the playoffs. And you got to remember, it reminds me of two summers ago with the Jets fans. They were coming off a pretty good season. Two summers ago, not this last one, two summers ago when Paul Maurice was still the coach and the Jets fans not only were they writing in here, but I saw it on social media. They were saying, I'm concerned about the backup goalie spot. I don't think that we are strong enough as a, at the backup goalie position with Eric Comrie. I'm like, dude, that is the last thing you need to worry about. Literally the last thing. And as it turned out, they had far bigger problems than that. So that's a lot of the hockey stuff. It's just Jets fans, you're in control, I feel, and we're all just waiting. Um... The NFL thing, again, a recap on this. Owners apparently will be meeting to discuss the idea of making their conference championship games like this upcoming weekend, the NFC Championship and the AFC Championship, neutral side affairs like the Super Bowl because there was the potential to have one this year had the Buffalo Bills won their playoff game on the weekend against the Bengals. It was going to be played in Atlanta, a neutral side game. They sold 50,000 tickets without even blinking. And they're like, ooh, there's a chance to make more money here. So we kicked that around a lot, and we still can. The viewers, the audience really is interested in that. I'll pause for a second and see Cole has checked in from Vancouver Island. Part of the audience says, morning, RP Show. I'm still a hurting soul. Can't believe my bills are really finished. Going to be a long time till June, considering my hockey team is a nightmare right now. CFL needs to hurry up. Bingo! That's the thing is... Canucks have been down for a while. That's part of the reason why I think the BC Lions had such a resurgence. But I don't want to get sidetracked. Cole, have you heard? The, he must have. The huge news. There it is. Where's my bell? Where's my breaking news bell? <laughs> Bowley by Mitchell is not going to free agency, which he said he would. Should we hold him to that, Moose? He said he was going to. Bo Levi Mitchell played a lot of the media. He really did. To get that offer up from the Hamilton Tiger Cats, I think he did. And I'm... It's a, I'm not... Yeah, it just... I, people are... Anybody who actually thought Bo Levi was going to sign with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, they're a maroon! There was a lot of people thinking that Mark Mueller was going to come to Saskatchewan. There was no way... And it's you. You're never going to talk sense into these people. And now I see people to say today saying, "Didn't Rod say Bo was going to Sask?" No, Rod never did. Rod never did. Rod said, "I'll show you the quotes." The smart money is on Bo Levi signing in Hamilton, and that's what happened today. So as Chris Jones would say, "Don't get it twisted." As a matter of fact, the Grey Cup week on this show, we can roll it back. We don't have interns to force to do this stuff like you like to do, Darren, to make them go look up stuff. So somebody will have to do it. Um, where I said these Ryder fans are just getting their hopes up. They're going to be really disappointed come February. The people that hang on my every word, the haters and the fans, both of them do. You got to admit I said that. The Ryder fans are going to get their hopes crushed. That's what happened today.
you know, it is. It's what happened. And I'm a big believer, though, that circumstances change. We don't live in the same world that we did, you know, a few weeks ago yeah. when Bo Levi said he'd hit free agency, you know, a number of weeks ago. Um, he probably, you know, at the time, maybe wasn't anticipating a $500,000 offer. You know, probably had advisors saying, look, it, you can probably expect to get 300 or 350 or 250 or this is what the market looks like it's going to be for you. And he would say, I'm going to free agency. I got to find out really what the cap is here. And Hamilton says, no, we really want you. And like, this is the investment we're willing to make in you. 500 grand. And he's like, oh my gosh. And they probably say, look, it, if you go to free agency, the $500,000 deal is off the table. And if you want to go somewhere else, that's cool but we're offering you this. And he's probably said, look, that's pretty good. Situation's good. Team's good. Like the head coach, like the ownership here, like the direction. They're just a year removed from being in the Grey Cup. A lot of checks, a lot of boxes in Hamilton. So, okay, I'll change my mind and make a decision. And I think that's okay. Interesting that you say that. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell was quoted in the news release today as put out by the Hamilton Tiger Cats, which incidentally, I don't think they have a problem with me anymore, and I never really had a problem with them. If somebody in their office did, but I, I think we're over that. Maybe. We're going to find out, aren't we? Um, Bo says, I, quote, am excited and honored for the opportunity to help deliver a championship to the incredible fans in Hamilton. This is an excellent organization that goes above and beyond to ensure that everyone has what they need to be successful. And I have the utmost faith in Coach O, his staff, and all the elite players on the roster. He's referring to Orlando Steinauer, who is a fantastic head coach. Um, John in Edmonton. Of course, weighing in. Says, you did say, Rod, he was looking at houses in Saskatchewan, so that kind of implied he was. I think I read somebody's comment that Bose reportedly was looking at houses in Regina when the Stamps were there to play late in the season. I didn't report that. Again, to quote Chris Jones, don't get it twisted. So, I'm actually really happy that this news came down today. We were waiting on it. It's now here. Rider fans can move on. The Tie Cats can move on. Everybody can move on. Although the hand wringing will continue in the Rider Nation because they don't have a quarterback. Barry Alt is watching. <laughs> uh, I got to be careful what I say. Barry Alt, he was a maintenance guy for years and years and years. Miss you, Barry, at Taylor Field. He said some things in here that I can't say on the air. Not swearing or anything, but he said, Rod and Darren, I don't give a rat's butt. We're both signs. Let's worry about our own house. Go get a youngin. Let's see how we make out. We got a mess. He goes, I may not pay again to go to a game. Never thought I'd say this either, but NFL rules, love it. We were talking about that last hour. I don't think this should be. It's 111 Eastern, by the way. 111 Eastern, 1111. Beautiful. Visualize a positive outcome, Moose. Especially if you're a fan of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, how alarming should it be now? It's not just the CFL. That the NHL 
has been beaten in Canada by the National Football League for ratings. Now I understand it's divisional playoff games, it's the Dallas Cowboys, but it was also the Bills and Bengals beating Hockey Night in Canada on the same weekend. How concerned should Canadian leagues be that the NFL is moving in and mowing their lawn? They should be concerned. Let's make no, no doubt about it. Um, also, though, I am impressed that the NHL was that close to the NFL. Like, they weren't that far behind. So that's a big thing because of all the games that are being played. And there's less urgency to watch Hockey Night in Canada as there was, you know, even 10 years ago. You know, it's not as big of a deal. The NFL is a big deal. you got to watch it on Sunday. I knew they'd get all the attention. Um, and on Saturday as well. But, yeah, hockey's lost the specialty of the games. But I think the viewership's still good across all games that they have. But, yeah, that for me um, is a little disappointing that Hockey Night in Canada is not close to what it once was. Allie in Texarkana writes in. She says, that's disgusting with the vomiting emoji. What's disgusting, Allie, that the NFL would beat the NHL in Canada? It's, it's a surprise. It's a surprise to me. It really is. And I would like to think that the deep thinkers and the tall foreheads are huddled in a summit somewhere asking, how do we stop this? I'm not sure it can be stopped. I think we've talked about that before, too. John in Edmonton goes on to say, lots of young Canadians watch the NFL because of its presentation and how it's broadcast. Some CFL fans are switching over to the NFL. Well, that's what's great about this show. We can pivot, we can flex, we can talk about it all and have you all. But Darren makes a really good point. With <laughs> the younger people, I don't know how old John is or Allie, even you, Moose. Yeah. There was a time I would say, well, you're, you like to think you're young, but as I say, you're not old, but you're not young either. You're whatever, you're a millennial. What comes before that, I'm not sure. I, I can't remember or after that, whatever, to sit and talk to somebody in their 20s, like Director Jordan, for instance, and say, you know, you know, Jordan, there was a time, there was only one night a week we could watch the NHL. What? Yeah. It was the 70s and a good chunk of the 80s. At least where I was. I, I, I guess maybe in the major cities you could watch regionally, but where I was, we only had one game a week and it was Saturday night. You know, regional television came. I would say it got to be popular 80s, early 90s. But for me, I only got it one night a week. And it was a lot of people like me. And then I think it was 96. Serena and I looked it up. 96, they went to a double header on Saturday nights. And we were like, whoa! Two games? And now it's on every night. That's kind of what you're saying. It's lost yeah. its specialness. The NFL, weekends only. It works. It really works. You know, the specialty of it, the scarcity of it creates demand. I really believe that. Yeah. You know, um, NHL, sure, the overall numbers are up and the business is in a good spot. But for me, you know, throughout the 90s, I only remember Hockey Night in Canada. And I don't really remember just the one night a week. I remember the two. And then Sportsnet. I don't know the year Sportsnet came in with their regional channels. But for me, that was kind of the start of these regional games. And we had Sportsnet West Late out of 90s. Western Canada. 
Yeah, late and that's night. when it really, you got one or two at most Flames or Oilers or Canucks games a week. One or two, a combination. It was one or two nights. It was like Wednesday night hockey or Tuesday. It was That was it. And that was more of the NFL model where it's all Sunday, but no, we got Monday night football or Thursday night football, like very select days. It was, it was cool because you had a little alternative. Um, but the appetite now, I mean, I can just watch what I want, when I want, as often as I want. And because it's available to me every day, there's no urgency for me to turn the TV on now because I can do it tomorrow, right? So, yeah. Well, maybe there is no fighting it if you are these leagues. Moose, I will see you back here for overtime. You bet. Mo Egger from ESPN Radio. Cincinnati coming up next. And a little later on, NHL great Bernie Nichols, Bet Regal's NHL ambassador, our exclusive betting partner and sportsbook. It's the RP Show, and we are live on Game Plus TV, YouTube streams, of course, your favorite podcast platform, and on the radio now, 99.1 WQE. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Great to have you aboard, everybody. Want to mention, again, the number to reach us, 902-518-3033. And if you're watching on the streams, you can comment in on... YouTube as well. We're on Game Plus TV, WQEE Radio. Biggest news of the day comes out of the Canadian Football League. Boldly by Mitchell signing a three-year contract extension with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Eastern Washington star ain't going anywhere. Product of Katy, Texas, which I believe is the same hometown as Andy Dalton. And on that NFL vein, let's bring him in. I don't know if he's doing a victory lap or not. Mo Egger, there he is. ESPN Radio, Cincinnati. What's going on, Mo? Happy Tuesday. You know, Rod, our friendship began prior to last season when the Bengals, as as the lights in my basement flicker, uh, yeah. prior to last season when you commented on the Bengals uniforms and you said they're still going to suck, and since then they've appeared in two consecutive AFC championship games. So, yes, You're welcome. victory lap is due. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you called the Bengals, the Bengals win at Buffalo, and they were barely touched in that game. <clears throat> you did also call <clears throat> Jacksonville to win, as I recall. I did. Does anybody sort remember of, that? Yeah. I kind of went back and forth on I don't it, almost, yes. I think on your show, I said Jacksonville was going to win. I called the Bengals to win. I don't think I saw the game unfolding the way it did. You know, where they just physically dominated them in every single phase. The offensive line held up great. They played from ahead. Uh, and I don't want to say the game was never in doubt, because I think that would be a lie. But, I mean, deep into the third quarter, once the Bengals responded to Buffalo kicking the field goal and they had a long drive, uh, and and responded. I I think there was a sense of the Bengals. If if Buffalo is going to come back and win, the Bengals are going to give the game away. And this team, I think, is too well built 
and they're too well quarterback to really do that. So, yeah, I, I saw them winning. I'd be lying to you if I told you I thought they were going to win by uh, 17 points. Well, the football people are saying it was Joe Burrow's finest performance, and he's had several, the young Bengals quarterback. Would you agree with that assessment? I think it was the team's finest performance. I, I, I'd really kind of have to go back and, and look statistically and, and really sort of roll through my metal Rolodex to determine whether or not I would call it his best performance. I think it was, I think it was his, his best postseason performance by, by all means, and I think what helped that dramatically was he had clean pockets. He was never really completely under duress, and they also had a really good running game. But, yeah, he came out and looked terrific. And we talked earlier in the season about the Bengals needing to get off to better starts. We certainly saw that he was fantastic. Um, you know, again, whether or not it was his best performance, I think it was his best postseason performance. But but I think it was, I think it was a game in which, quite frankly, the, the circumstances around him set him up for success. And I don't think that's always been the case. Again, they ran the ball for 170 yards. Joe accounted for some of those yards with with his legs. And the pass protection was as good as it's ever been for Joe Burrow in a playoff game. And so those things certainly helped. But, yeah, I think it goes without saying. The Bengals have a bona fide star at quarterback. And if he uh, leads his team to Arrowhead Stadium and wins on Sunday, I don't know how you could argue against the suggestion that he's the best quarterback in the league. Well, I will come back on that, but I just want to talk about the Jacksonville game. I was driving here to the Panthers, Florida Panthers-Minnesota Wild game, listening to the broadcast, and when – Patrick Mahomes went down. I was like, oh, my Lord. Moe's going to be right on this one, too. But, of course, he came <laughs> back. But uh, yeah. they made it close. Jags beat the spread. Not that they care, but did you think that you might have been right in that one? Well, when Patrick Mahomes suffered his injury, you know, you it's it's a different game. And Chad Henney came in and played well and led him to a touchdown drive. And But, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different type of game. Kansas City felt like they were in control of the entire football game, to me at least, even without Patrick Mahomes for a while, even with him hobbling. I, I didn't understand why Jacksonville didn't try to make Patrick run more uh, and try to blitz him more, make him more uncomfortable. But Kansas City, to me, even though Jacksonville did respond to their first touchdown, once the game started to unfold, you had a sense that unless there was a key giveaway – or uh, a cheap possession for the Jaguars that Kansas City was going to win the game. But I agree with something that was said on that TV broadcast. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is is going to play against Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen in big games and in postseason games for a while now. The Jaguars have their quarterback. They have their coach. They've got a really good young athletic defense. They have, I think, some B-to-B-plus wide receivers. And they're in a very soft division. So it, it feels to me like what you saw from the Jaguars this year was just, you know, kind of the beginning of something that could be could be sustainable. Well, uh, I'm excited about that because one of my closest friends, Henry Burris, is their offensive assistant <clears throat> quality control coach and one of their 24 right. coaches. And they, they just signed the top Canadian from the CFL, Nathan Rourke, to the Jags. And uh, that's yes. about three hours up the road from me. Yeah, so I'm excited to go to some games there. Now, I'm going to pause this for a second. Devin is watching in Burns Lake, B.C. or listening, writes in, and he says, nothing tops the NFL at this time. There's nothing hmm. bigger. I don't know if you were watching earlier, but I mentioned the NFL has now usurped the National Hockey League in Canada for the highest TV ratings. I never thought that would happen. They blew by the CFL a while wow. back. But now the NHL in Canada 
We only really have the mm. one main marquee sport, dude. How has the NFL <laughs> become so massive, Mo? How did it happen? Well, that's that's an answer that is gonna is 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 best unfurled by me if you gave me like the rest of your show. I think it's a lot of different things. Yeah. It's it's the bigness. It's the bigness of every single game. It's still the sport in which the regular season. Oh, we lost Mo. <laughs> it just seems like we always get into these cliffhanger answers. And then we lose the feed. And as uh, you tell me when we got him back, guys, I'm hanging on his every word like you. Okay. Well, I've mentioned on this program before the first NFL game that I'd ever was at was 1995. Seattle Seahawks versus New York Jets in Seattle. We're on a road trip with the Regina Pats hockey team, and it was pretty amazing. But that was 1995. That was a long time ago. When I started going to NFL games regularly was 2011. Okay, anyways, you said the big... I'll finish the story later. Where I go? The, big, the bigness... The I don't know. You tell me. The bigness of the NFL, you said. However that happened. Continue, please. Yeah, I mean, every every game feels like a massive event. And and by the way, I, I think the yeah. popularity of college football has obviously helped. So now guys are entering the league as bona fide household names like Joe Burrow. You know, we watched his senior season at LSU, and so we knew what the Bengals uh, were, were going to be getting. I think it's the way in which the, the games are broadcast and presented. It's, it's the way in which the NFL has figured out a way to be a prevalent force in our lives basically 12 months out of the year. They've turned non-events into events like the NFL draft, like the scouting combine. Uh, it, it, but to me, more than anything, it's, it's just the bigness, it's the spectacle, it's the consequence of every game. It's sort of the, the, the way the offseason unfolds. It's become uh, television's best reality show. And the payoff comes when you get to the regular season. It's it's a little bit of everything, but there's no doubt it has a grip on this country. And now that grip is extending to uh, all of North America. Yeah. Steven in North Dakota, by the way, writes in regarding uh, NHL. He says the allure of the game could be diluted with more games. Don Cherry's coach's corner is missed. That, of course, was every Saturday night. Don <laughs> Cherry, I'm sure you're familiar with it, Mo. Sure. Uh, yeah. And I'll stop there with his comments but anyways <laughs> back to that my last thing i'm a cowboys fan and i'm sitting here watching espn every morning and i'm sick i'm sick of the cowboys talk and it's not just because they lost i'm sick of it they're not even playing this week it's a disservice to the four teams that are mo what is with this or at least that network's fascination with that team it's creepy to me they're america's team rod uh Look, i think you can you can go to all corners of this country and find dallas cowboys fans but i find a Again. <laughs> I know. Clark gives me in my ear. Dang. Oh, I know. Okay, everybody, where were we? We can go to all four corners of this country and find Dallas Cowboys fans. Yes, that's true. We're running out of time because Bernie Nichols is going to be joining us next, and I got a story for Bernie. Anyways, when I started, as I said, going to NFL games regularly, it was 2011 Arizona, 2012 Dallas, 2013 Tampa Bay. I was looking around... I was hosting sports trips, going to those games, and I was kind of a newbie going to the NFL. Okay, Mo, you're back. You said we could go to all four corners of America and find Cowboys fans. Continue, please. My house, what up? but uh, I'm I'm here, right? 
Okay. Uh, yeah, we got the you. Cowboys are really popular. They were popular in the 70s and the 90s, and so uh, the folks who uh, who produced those shows where they yell at each other about sports, I guess they still think we're stuck in the 70s and the 90s. Bingo. Well said. I got you. <laughs> you got a little, you got a nightclub going on there in your, in your home? I, my my basement, for, for some, so we got, I got a lot going on. My dog is upstairs, but home by myself. My basement lights are flickering. My connection going on and off. Something is happening, Rod. We've got the Bengals in a in a in an AFC championship game for a second straight year, and all hell's breaking loose in my house. This might be the apocalypse. I don't know. How much broadcasting do you do from your home on ESPN Radio Cincinnati? Uh only if I absolutely have to. Now, we we're expecting a winter storm tomorrow, so the schools might close. So I, I may have to do some with my daughter home with me, but I, I don't you know, during the pandemic. Or the height of the pandemic, we we broadcast from home almost exclusively. I hated it. I like being in the studio. Uh, I like being with the equipment that I I know is going to work. Uh, I like being being around the folks that I work with. I like the environment of a radio studio. But if I have to do it from here, and there have been times where I've had to for mainly personal family reasons, if I have to broadcast from here, I can. But it's it's not my first choice. Probably on a normal year, twenty twenty wouldn't be a normal year. On a normal year, I I might do three to four shows from here. And that's usually if, if there's a, a family thing or if my daughter's home and I, I can't, I can't, uh, there's no school or daycare or something. So it, mm-hmm. it, it has well, happened. I, it will happen, but I don't like for it to happen. I should mention, you know, we, we brought you on to talk Bengals. So I should ask you about the Bengals. Like, and you mentioned the storm coming mm-hmm. to Cincy tomorrow or whenever it is, the snow in Buffalo didn't seem to bother the Bengals at all. They didn't care. No, it was, it was interesting. Joe Burrow said after the game, you know, the Bengals were like the last team in the NFL to ever get a, an indoor practice facility. So they finally have one. And so the, I guess the prevailing thought was when they finally get one, they'll practice almost exclusively indoors. And Joe Burrow said, look, we like practicing in the inclement weather. Uh, they looked well prepared for it. And I think to a degree with, with the backup offensive linemen they had, it's the, the snow really wreaks havoc on defensive linemen. And it's hard for them to kind of, get the, the the burst they're looking for to to attack the blocker and ultimately get into the other team's backfield. But yeah, look, they they looked really well prepared for it. I've seen some people in Buffalo complain that the Bengals were wearing white uniforms in the snow, which if if that's what you're resorting to, you're a loser. Uh they they <laughs> looked very well prepared. I mean I, I they that's the thing about this team. They don't always play, you know, two entire halves, but it's been rare that you've watched this team and thought that they were unprepared. And I think that is a credit to the coaching staff. And I specifically put that on the defense because Lou Anarumo's got a unit that might not be a ton of household names there. You may score against them, but you don't score against them because somebody missed an assignment or there was a communication error. Sometimes the other the guy on the other team is going to make a play. That's sports. That's professional football. But this team from a preparation standpoint to me over the last two seasons has been very impressive. And I think you saw that manifest itself on Sunday. Well, it looks like they are going to uh, finish the job or at least this weekend they'll have the chance. Mo, thanks as always for the time and uh, let's do it again soon. All right, Rod, pardon my crappy internet connection. We'll, we'll get that. We'll get that straightened out for next time. Thank you. It was just fine, brother. Appreciate you. Mo Egger, ESPN Cincinnati, which, by the way, we air all across Ohio on Buckeye Cable. Mo has it right in his home. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, very big in Ohio.
By the way, a sports update from the WHL. Gabe Klassen scored twice, and the Portland Winterhawks took a decisive 6-1 win over the Spokane Chiefs in a rare WHL game Monday night. Ryan McCleary also put away a pair of goals for the Winterhawks. Uh, what else do we have? Quarterback Bo by Mitchell assigned a three-year deal with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The 32-year-old Mitchell is the Calgary Stampeders' all-time leading passer, but he was acquired by the Tiger Cats. Great Cup week. This sports update is brought to you by Landmark Cinemas in theaters now. Avatar, the way of water. Set more than a decade after the events of the first film, Avatar, The Way of Water begins to tell the story of the Sully family, the trouble that follows them, the lengths they go to to keep each other safe, the battles they fight to stay alive, and the tragedies they endure. Avatar, The Way of Water in Landmark Cinemas now. Check it out. Bet Regal, NHL Ambassador Bernie Nichols joins us next, and I got something burning in me that I got to ask Bernie about as soon as we return after this brief pause on Game Plus TV. YouTube Live and 99.1 WQEE Radio. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh yeah, he's back. Time for more of The Rod Peterson Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Appreciate the uh, positive comments from the audience. A lot of CFL fans checking in today. Adam and Hamilton says, just saw the news about Bo. Oski wee wee. This tie Cats fan appreciates you, Rod. Thank you, Adam. But I got to have a feud going with somebody. It makes it fun. Bo Levi Mitchell signing a three-year deal with the tie Cats. Uh, JT si uh, writes in, Oski wee wee. Oski wah wah. Holy Mackinac. Bo is a cat. And Swerve says, I like Bernie Nichols' yellow skate blade holders. The Kings were pretty yellow at home back in the day. Our NHL ambassador from Bet Regal, Bernie Nichols, joins us now. And Bernie's probably going, hey, Rod, again? I was just on with Rod. Bernie, we could always talk hockey. And I got to say this. I ran into Edge. I love coming on with Rod. Week. Oh, good, good. Appreciate having you, man. Oh, I love it. Well, I think we could do two hours a day together. Ed Jovodowski, I looked him up. We all remember, Ed, but I looked him up, and in his Wikipedia, it said he was suspended three games and fined $1,000 for an altercation with the San Jose Sharks' Bernie Nichols in about 1996. What do you remember about that, Bern? Well, I got suspended, too. So, uh, oh, okay. Tony Granato. We can both, we can both thank Tony Granato. Uh, he was doing something to Tony. He was beating on him pretty good, and I came over. And I end up cross-checking Ed right in the face. And as you know, Ed's a big boy, a lot bigger than me. Uh, but he didn't do anything to me. He was doing it to Tony. So he got suspended for beating up on Tony. I got suspended for not beating up on him, cross-checking him. But I don't know. The funny thing is, the next time we met, I'm expecting to get whaled on. He's still after Tony. So... I was good with that. <laughs> no kidding. Was that the only time you were suspended in your career? Uh, uh, no. Uh, I was suspended probably five or six times. But I think the good thing about that one, one of them was um, back 
they 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 thought that they were you know smart and everybody so what they were going to do is suspend players for practice but they allow them to play the games right so we would lose money for the off time but not not the game so i remember we were in florida and it might have been after i got suspended from ed uh i got 14 days so i couldn't practice for 14 days so um i remember the bus comes to pick the guys up to take them to practice i had a limo right behind it picked me up took me to the golf course so i'm out golfing all day <laughs> while these guys are hard at work practicing so i didn't mind the 14 day suspension yeah, quite a suspension, huh? That's amazing. And I, there's no way you would have known that story was coming today. Good memory, Bernie. You know, we talk so much on this show about the Flames, the Oilers, the Jets, because we're produced right out of the middle of all of them. Haven't talked a lot about the Leafs. And you're a Toronto guy. So where are you on the Toronto Maple Leafs here? It's like, we're not in the home stretch drive yet, but I feel like teams going to want to be playing their best pretty soon if they're not already. You know what's really funny about this, Rod? Uh, the, the young lady sitting right beside me, uh, my fiance, is just a huge diehard Leafs fan. My mom can't, couldn't, she's passed, couldn't stand the Leafs. And God bless her. The only reason she couldn't is she came to a game one time in Toronto and the fans were heckling me, which they do to a lot of players on the road, right? So my whole life with my mom, she hated the Leafs. My fiance loves the Leafs, which is great. But I honestly think the Leafs have a great team. Um, their goaltending is playing great. Uh, they, they have arguably, in my opinion, probably the second or third best player in the planet, Matthews. Uh, Marner's playing great. Uh, uh, Willie Needlander to me, is one of my favorite Leaf players. I. You know, he took such a bad rap when he got, uh, when he held out and then signed because he was out for half the season. When he came back, he was obviously way behind the team and he didn't perform very well, but he, he's so talented. Uh, they, they have a great opportunity. Their skill up front is unbelievable. Uh, they're, they're, in my opinion, the best team in Canada with the best opportunity, uh, in this side to, to do really well. Well, you're still of the mind, I would assume, that if they had beaten Tampa in round one last year, they might have gone all the way to the Stanley Cup. Shoot, the Lightning did, so there's no reason to think the Leafs wouldn't have. Yeah, I, I really think they would have, for sure. That was the only team, in my opinion, that could beat them. I, I still don't think they would have beat Colorado, but uh, the funny thing is they were probably the best team on that side other than playing uh, Tampa Bay. Well, I was talking to a Flames guy this morning, and I can't say whom, but he they had Tampa in there on Saturday, and he said John Cooper plays his top six forwards more than anybody else in the NHL. Wears him into the ground. But it's worked. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you play your best players? Uh, it's, it hasn't even seemed to wear them out. No, you know what? And anybody who's watched hockey for as long as we have, Glenn Sather. Who's Glenn Sather play all night? You live and die with your best players. You know, you can't, you can't have a press conference after the game. Well, you know, my fourth line, they were just terrible tonight. You know what I mean? Like, you live and die with your best players. You play the hell out of them. The thing is, they're kids. They're still in the prime of their, their career. Like, 
I, I couldn't play Connor McDavid. I, I'd play him 35 minutes a night, and, and he would do it. You know, Chris Chelios, uh, my, one of my favorite players, Chris wanted to play an entire game. He wanted to do that in his career, and he, I honestly think he, he would have. I think he probably would have taken a, a penalty just to, to get a break, but he would have played the entire game. And uh, I, I agree with John. Um, you can't play math. And I think that was one of the biggest problems uh, when uh, with Austin Matthews, his first couple years, is they didn't play him enough. And I think the fans didn't like that. The management didn't like that. And uh, but they're playing the hell out of them now, and yeah, you can't play your star players enough, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I'm trying to remember they've been through so many coaches. There was that Babs that wasn't playing. That was enough? Babcock. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to say <laughs> Babcock. I like him, but I think that <laughs> okay. was one of his downfalls. Is he didn't play him enough, and they had kind of a, a beef internally that kind of get out a little bit. I'm not sure the relationship, but that was just it. And like, it's the same as uh, Gretzky and Curry killed penalties. I killed penalties. Uh, you know, your skilled players, you can't get them out enough. And that's the problem right now a little bit in Toronto. If they run into a lot of penalties, then Matthews is on the bench. You see now Connor McDavid's killing penalties. You got to get your skilled uh, players out there as much as you can. Well, and by the way, uh, I was watching an order game and McDavid took a shot into the knee pads, blocked a shot at the blue line, and psst, gone. Fastest player in the NHL. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? So I'm like, yeah, Bernie was right. That's right. And I think he buried, I think he yeah. buried on it too. So always <laughs> fun chatting sure hockey, Bernie. I'll, I, yeah, I, can, <laughs> I can always find something to talk about. Uh, you ha have a great day with that lovely gal and enjoy the games. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Rod. Nice talking to you again, bud. Vet Regal NHL Ambassador Bernie Nichols. We'll be right back with overtime, and the Moose will rejoin us. Oh, Swerve says, can you ask him about the Pumpernickel origin? I know that story. We'll talk about it next. It is the RP Show. We're live on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and on the radio, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Okay, well, how about this? I guess I'll just finish the story I had uh, that we started twice when I was trying to get it going with Mo Egger earlier. We don't have Moose right now. We got eight minutes. You in the audience want to help me out? How about you, Ryan O'Radio? You want to turn your phone around upside down and and join us wqee atlanta we can do it and the moose will join us here um couple of comments from the peanut gallery bill in cochran alberta beautiful community out there hey rod how long before you reach out to bo levi for an interview it would be epic get his buddy nick lewis to poke him in the ribs I don't think Bo's coming on this program. I heard his feelings. Clearly, he's not coming on. Dave in Winnipeg. Good day, friends. Great show today. I like all the CFL and NFL talk. Take care. Thank you, Dave. We like you. Oh, that's Dave in uh, Niagara Falls. 
We have another David in Winnipeg. If the question's too long, I apologize. Moose, um, come on in. Uh, Darren Moose Dupont. You've been to enough NFL games now. One small theme wasn't a major theme today, but it was how the NFL had higher ratings in Canada on the weekend than the National Hockey League. I frankly never thought I'd see the day. Super Bowl notwithstanding, this wasn't Super Bowl weekend. It wasn't even the conference championship weekend. But I was talking earlier about regular season games when I started going to them in the NFL. I'm looking around. Tampa is where it officially dawned on me. I'm like, it's like a Grey Cup every week. Parades around the stadium, flyovers, you know, just major pomp and circumstance. And uh, I don't know, if, if you are, we can now lump the NHL into this. It's not just a CFL thing. Do you just yeah. give up and say, do, do, you, do, do you just give up and say, well, we can't compete against this or what? What do you do? No, I don't. Um, and I've seen it. And there's lots of great people working in and around the Canadian Football League, the National Hockey League. We know them. Um, yeah, and they're doing great things. But it's, it's different. This is sports. And sports, for me, as a kid, has always been an escape. It's always been fantasy land a little bit, right? And we, we treat it almost too corporately. And I think if I'm looking at the CFL, if I'm looking at the NHL, and one thing I get with the NFL is how do I recreate the fantasy? How do I make this like Disneyland every day where your mind can go to this beautiful place and you, you know, the tailgate parties, I, I think of Saskatchewan, that's where we've been the most. And Calgary's had great tailgates as well. But it was like a fantasy you walked in, you're ooh and ah, and it's just to be a part of it and all your worries left behind. And while the team's lost a little bit lately, you know, I've been to a couple of games and it feels like we go to the things because that's just what we do, right? And that escape and everything else isn't there anymore. We have to find the fun in sports, the love of it, and really recreate that in the fan experience. And you and I go to NFL games, it is that. The TV broadcasts are happening outside, and we go around and we watch from behind the gate, and there's tailgates and people in costumes, and you know what I mean? All those wonderful things. It needs to be Disneyland for adults, and we have to treat it like that. Yeah, and again, I don't know how they did it. Um, now, I've kind of been you know, around it, but I wasn't in those planning meetings. All I know, it's fun, and we're over here building our own thing, and that's fun. By the way, I appreciate you, T. Will in Winnipeg, writes in, says, Rod, you're looking so sharp today, I just about cut my hand on my phone. Thank you, T. Will. He's written in a couple times <laughs> about my shirt. It's hey, good. Just an, an Under Armour. Moose has been with me when I walk into an Under Armour, and it's like, ah. <laughs> Rod, we walked past an walk Under Armour. And I'm like, Rod, okay, Rod, I know I'm leaving you here for 45 minutes and I'm going to go get a coffee and do my thing. I officially had to just like stop, stop, stop buying. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Eh, you want colors that pop. Uh, by the way, Ted in Arizona, he says, I couldn't wait for the jersey pick, so I voted Buffalo. Love the black with the bison head. Here's the problem. It ain't that. Can we put up the... Uh, we have the graphic now. Our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is this. Whose retro reverse jersey is better, Buffalo or Boston? And honestly, I, I really, really, really like Boston. I, I really like Boston. I, you know, I like you drawing the kids with that kind of cartoony thing. But that Buffalo is... La piste de resistance. 
It's the morphing of the old blue and gold buffalo colors and the bison head that everybody loves from the 90s Sabres jerseys all mushed into one jersey. You gotta go with buffalo, I think. Moose, who are you voting for? I was going to say at the beginning of the show that you can't make me choose. You can't. You know, I'm, I'm out. I'm completely out. But you know what? That Boston one is so great. There's so much history there. But I think I'm, I'm with you. Buffalo wins it for me. For me, that's the great era of Buffalo with that bison on it. That's, <laughs> is that not they wore that when they went to the cup final, right, and lost to Dallas? Um, yeah, yeah, Buffalo for me. Speaking of Dallas, the biggest Stars fan I know, Allie writes in and she says, uh, you would fit in in Texas just fine, LOL, with the fact that I wear an Under Armour every day. Thank you, Allie. I know that I do, and I've been to Texas and I love it. It feels very comfortable. It has a wonderful climate. But I'm way, way, way more of a Florida guy. And as anybody knows, and Darren, you've been around me for a long time, I've looked around, I've sampled a little bit of everything, and I'm like, this is the fit. <laughs> you know, this is it. Uh, we'll visit Texas from time to time. I got to take Darren there. I got to take my brother there, the cowboy, who, you know, it's hard to believe he hasn't been to Texas. I'm like, what are you doing not going to Texas? You right. know, but his thing is Montana. Um, Jeff and Regina says, I'm torn on that pole, so similar, but still different. Yogi Bear on the front for Boston would have been awesome. Last minute of play in everyone. That's the thing. We're into round two of the jersey bracket. This is the last day. And then I guess, Darren, it'll be up to you to come up with the matchups in round three. We're down to the what? The final four? The final four? Final eight. Yeah. Final eight. The final four in each conference. Can't believe it. By the way, tell the peeps, we're on a Zoom meeting in 15 minutes' time. I'm jumping in my vehicle and racing to a meeting at 3, Darren. So I will have the Zoom. I'll pull over. But that's where I'll be joining the Zoom from, okay, on the road. Thanks, awesome. Bernie. Thanks, Mo. Thanks, Tim Hunter. Thanks, you most of all. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, Rhino Radio. See you at noon Eastern tomorrow on all of these same stations. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.